In this episode, we visit the palace of Mad King Ludwig and do a game review. And later, we talk to our nerdy friends at Metro Seattle Gamers. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. Lot that, that's, 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 our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now for the August 24th through 26th convention at the Bellevue Hilton at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show. Hey Geeks, Blue Samurai here. Welcome to Geeks of Cascadia. I'm with my co-hosts, the Costasaurus, and we also have the amazing... I'm still Paul. It's mm. so good to have Joe with us today. He was yes, with us last finally time. Finally, we have Joe. Apparently, he has a job. Yeah, that makes money. Well, not so much money, but some money. It's, it pays the bills. That's yes. Right. Um, now, you did some teacher parent conference thing. Is that what you did? Yeah, my whole my whole not last week because mm-hmm. that was spring break. Woohoo! Yeah, so wow. I just got to work on my masters, which is all research based now. <laughs> so it's just a lot. And then um, I got some gaming in. I got good, to play good. test cool. a game ten times, and which is really nice. Good, you'll you know you have to tell us about that later on. Yeah, this yeah. Podcast. So yeah, it was good. But the week before that was yep teacher parent conferences all week, which I actually I really love because it's mm-hmm. one of the few times I get to just sit down and talk to the parents so and it's fun. I, I hope that during these conferences you went to the parents like you know if your kid would just play more tabletop games. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do... Let me roll you a character. You know, well, we do heavily... Well, I wouldn't say heavily, but we do incorporate them in class. Um, the Certain kids, we have a, a reward system. They can earn mm-hmm. points and cash them in. One of them is they can cash in for game day. By game day, it's really mm-hmm. like an hour long. Um, but we have different centers with different kids teaching the games um, and leading the games. Do they get uh, points for uh, subscribing to our podcast? No, they should, yeah. They should? <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure that's a conflict of interest. Hey, uh, what? here's uh, my card. You should subscribe. <laughs> but, yeah, we do incorporate them in the game in the classroom. And, uh, yeah, and the students love them. And then I'll have lunch. I have lunch with them on Fridays, and sometimes we'll just play games. So That is awesome. Yeah, I love it. So, in the meantime, what else have we been doing? I mean, I'm getting ready for... Uh, what, Infinity War here? Infinity War's coming weeks? up in a couple weeks. Um, I just asked Gwen about um, Thanos Rising, which is a game that either came out last week yeah. mm-hmm. or comes out tomorrow. Is, is release day yeah. Tuesday for games like it is <clears throat> movies? And it's out. Music? Okay. I think so. But no one knows what it is. Oh. <laughs> it's the one that looks like Thanos is mad constipated yeah, yeah, on the it, cover. Right. It looks He's really cool. Totally got the toddler on pooping I really face. Really want it. And we're about to, I think, end our D and D campaign. I think Storm we're pretty, pretty close. To, yeah, I think we're pretty close to the end. And one of the things that we're going to do I'm for the listeners is mm-hmm. we're going to do the review for that. Nice. Yes. Is there a boss battle? Uh, I don't know. Well, we just don't there know. Should be. Uh, It'd be pretty lame if we get to the end and it's like, oh, you guys did well. well. Good job. You open the door (laughs) and you find, yeah, that was the last guy that you fought. Uh Good job. Congratulations. Here's a cookie. Yes. Well, with that, we've got a great episode for you. Yep. Uh, We got a game review called Palace of Mad King Ludwig. 
Castles and, of Mad King Ludwig. Well, there's castles, but I believe it's the game is, is it, called this is, Palace. This is the Palace of I Mad King I am so Ludwig. sorry. I've, I've only heard a ca- That was my bad. I have not gone through Palace yet. But what's amazing is that, that is an actual person. It is a real person. Google it. Mm-hmm. Google I it. did. It's from Bazir Games. What an unfortunate first name. Palace? I've never even heard of this person. Yeah, well, I know. But if you Google it, it'll show yeah. up, I'm it looks sure. It looks cool. But of course, our uh, Doug and Kelly do a great job with yep. that. Yes. Geek's Tabletop Game Review, so check it out. It'll be the probably the first thing that we do. And then after that, uh, we are interviewing Seattle Metro Gamers and our good Woo! friend Scott. <laughs> Scott McConaughey? Yes, we got to interview him. Uh, we actually went down to oh, yeah. the great Emerald City. Woo! into the interview there so you check that out I think we've got some pictures on our uh, Facebook page yes. of uh, their their setup so yes. that's pretty cool so con news guys what do we got going on um, what do I have I have um, Wagon Con is coming up May 4th 5th and 6th Ooh. it's in the Dallas in Oregon it's a right. cute little con cozy very friendly I really wanted to go last year. I'm not going this year either. Is it about building your own wagon? Because I'd be down for that. <laughs> that would be very fun. Yeah. I come from, from actually a long okay. line of wagon builders. <laughs> All right. I have the tools to prove All it. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're going to build a wagon. That's so, what I pictured it sounding like. And that is at, you said the, the Dells, right? The Dells. Oh, Civic Auditorium. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. What else do we got going on? Uh, well, we also have... Geek Girl Con at some point this year coming up. I mean, that's not going to be for a while, but it's not till October. But I still, <laughs> I know it's a ways out there, but I still think about it because I don't know. I have a really good time whenever I go, and um, it's August twenty seventh and twenty eighth. But every time I go, it's I feel like every time we go, there's one more person that's coming with us. It was like just my wife and I. Oh yeah, it was my wife and I and my sister in law Victory. Then it was like my wife and I, my sister in law, my friend and his kid. It's just like there's just. More people that are now you're a shepherd, right. yeah. and there's some really cool artists there. Yeah, a shepherd. I believe you. I'm a con shepherd. You can sign up for it right now. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Registration, I believe, is open. Um, but yeah, two day con, really cool, really cool cosplay there. Yeah. Okay. We've also got Dragonflight coming up in August. That's the 24th, mm-hmm. 25th, and 26th. Um, if you see me there on the 24th, that's my birthday. Oh. Huh? May not get to go. He likes dice. It's my Give birthday. him dice. He likes dice, and he likes it when you sneak behind him and give him a big hug. Oh, and yes. Paul, where I is love, I love the sudden touching. Yeah, oh. that's... <laughs> that, all right. That's at the, the, the Bellevue, so, Bellevue Hilton, which yes. is a great place for a con. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's what I heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do like that place. And honestly, the hotel staff's always so awesome. Like, I feel like whenever they, whenever we've had... Like, even with OrcaCon, when it was like, oh, hey, could I get this? Like, oh, yeah, let me get that. And, like, sure enough, like, ten minutes later, I come into the room like, oh, they right. already did it. Wow. And it makes a big difference to actually stay at the con. It does. I'm so doing so it next room. I highly recommend it. Go yep. on uh, dragonflight.org, um, register, and then go to the Bellevue Hilton. And then I believe there's a code that you there's, can... There's like, things to click. Yeah, the there's website. things to click, and you should definitely... Clicking things. What else we got, guys? Um, well, we have there's this con in January called OrcaCon. I know I it's really far far out oh, there, okay. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. uh, the reason I do want to bring it up is because you can get your hotel room yes. and you yes, can you register can. already. So I, um, I have done. The, <coughs> I need to do that. I yeah, I need to. I don't do. want to miss my my executive suite room. So that is January eleventh. <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> That's January eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. The same hotel which is the um, Bellevue Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, same hotel as Dragonflight. 
Um, I will be staying there um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. It was just, honestly, even though I know it's not far from me, it's only like a half an hour, it was kind of rough, like, yeah. driving down there to get there by 7 in the morning or whatever to do the trainings, and then right. I stay there till like, 10, and then come home. It was just... So I didn't have the funds last year, but this yeah, year we'll we have the funds. To, and so we try to put a podcast on. You get grumpy. You say, no, I gotta go. No, I gotta go sleep. And so that's mm-hmm. yeah. So um, get your hotel room. That's gonna yes. fill up really fast. Um, yes. And it's an extremely nice place. They have various restaurants, foods, mm-hmm. amazing drinks, great bar. Here's something to think about too, or something you should consider. Uh, do the executive level stuff, uh, suites. Because after I get my room. After. That's right. In fact. I'll wait till you get your room, then I'll post it. Okay, I'll get, I'll get my room soon. <laughs> Tell okay, us very, why. Very soon, Tell actually. us what's so great about the executive level swap. Please. So, when you buy the executive level room, you get an appetizer a day. That's right. You get breakfast there on the, the executive breakfast level. Breakfast is good. included. Yes. So you've breakfast already made bacon up Bacon and it. stuff. And bacon is good. Yes. And if you have kids, it's even better. So, you pay for them and it's great. So, I highly recommend it. Plus, nice. we need to have sell as many rooms as possible. When you do conventions, you get those are like yes. what thirteen dollars a night. It's it's it's, it's, it's about <laughs> an extra like 10, a little bit more 10, thirteen. No, it's not, it's not, it's On the not difference, much. is it really not yeah, that much difference. difference? Yeah, the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the cost of breakfast would be about the same. Right, but the room is different. Like it's actually a suite. There's right. two rooms. I, I don't think so. No, 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 no. You just it's get that just other one, stuff. Just one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good to know. Also, what's on Kickstarter? What's going on there? Oh, you know that's my jam. I know that's my one weakness is Kickstarter. That's why you're always poor. Spending all your money, what little money you get on Kickstarter. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I was fortunate enough that I've been able to be playtesting these last last month or so um, a two-player version of the game called Dinosaur Island. Okay. Um, It did really, really well last time. It's like this bright early '90s, late '80s kind of art on Kickstarter, right? Yep. Okay. Um, So their Kickstarter is up for if you missed out on their base game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sold out everywhere. You can get their base game, but if you back it on Kickstarter right now, you can get it with all their deluxe stuff, which is like these mm-hmm. big heavy metal coins, plastic mm-hmm. pink, bright pink plastic dinosaur meeples mm-hmm. for everything. It's just amazing. Um, also their expansion, and then the two-player version called Dual Soar Island that mm-hmm. um, I've been playtesting is on there as well, and that is a really good two-player game. And don't forget, on episode... was it? 20-something? 20 26. I don't know what you're 26. This is episode 27. <laughs> the last episode from this, we do a review of Dinosaur Island. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's so in the two-player version, um, it's honestly, I'd say almost all our games, half an hour to 45 minutes. And you feel like you get a lot of depth. It has dice drafting. It has variable mm-hmm. player powers that when you get different people. Um, but they're doing good. They've got about 11,364 backers as of now. Wow. There's 11 days left. Um, and so okay. it depends on when this goes out. I think it'll go out soon, so you'll mm-hmm. have about eight or between five and seven days left. And it's at about one million two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> How um, much? One million yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. What was their goal? Twenty five thousand. Yeah. Wow. But they're putting out a lot of exclusive How cool come stuff. We can't do that. Why do we suck so First much? We have to well, make it their game. first one didn't make that much, but then people got it and played it and was like, "This is amazing! I miss mm-hmm. it! I want it!" So yeah. The, um, yeah, there's that. And then the, I know that people out there were concerned about a game called Crisis, and that was from Luda Creations that went out, and it was they didn't send any to retail. It was they only made it for backers and I think cons, and a lot of people wanted that. It's a big um, futuristic worker placement style game. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I was fortunate to get a copy and I love it. But they just went back on Kickstarter for a small expansion, but then you can also buy the base game Very through there cool. again. That's so for those cool. of you that missed out on there, that's right. going to be going for 20 more cons- days. The concept of Dinosaur Island is like there's a... Jurassic dinosaur- Park the game. What? What? Yeah. You are building a dinosaur park. Wow. So you got to... You, there's dice rolling and stuff to get different types of DNA. Why don't they just call it Jurassic Park? I don't know. It's almost it's like... Weird. It'd be like Somebody copyright infringement. That. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. You're actually literally... You are literally taking DNA. No, but you're mixing DNA. You're making different dinosaurs. You're adding attractions. So there's all these different routes mm-hmm. to get points in all these different ways. It's more or less a Euro... But right. which is really, really bright. So if I want to create a Brontosaurus ride, I could do that. I don't know. I'd have to look at all the cards. You've been playtesting it. Not the big version. The two-player version. But the two-player version, I don't know if it has a Brontosaurus ride. has attractions, players. What about a haunted house with velociraptors? Oh, that sounds You know fun. what? That could be um, a cool stretch <laughs> goal. But all the velociraptors are ghosts in the haunted house. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See, yeah. Ever thought about if they actually had a park like this, what the liability would be? Oh, yeah. No one have... would give them insurance. No. Oh, oh dinosaur yeah. insurance? You definitely what? have to sign a waiver. What? You won't offer us dinosaur insurance? <laughs> we'll not sue if eaten. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But that'd be, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, so I'm really excited to play the base cool. game. Any other Kickstarter stuff we got going? You know, there's a lot of stuff on Kickstarter, but those are kind of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that uh, I'm not backing because I can't back everything, but there is one that people have really been looking like they're really into. It's called Imperius, um, and that is by uh, Colossal Games, and that's doing really well. They met their goal, and that is like a 20 to 45 minute game. It's um kind of a card drafting with hidden information style game it's it's almost reminiscent of dune in the sense of you're each playing a different house and the different houses and the different people in those houses have different abilities and so you play some cards face down you know that you will then reveal later but then you play some face up and then you then go through and go well this can you know this assassin can attack Say like the Duke mm-hmm. that was in the deck. Oh, but that person also played this person that protects the Duke. So when does it end? It ends in six days. Oh, okay. so that might be done <laughs> if you guys are listening. But yes, I guess I gotta post this right away yeah. then. Yeah. So I mean, okay. but I mean, that's because a lot of the ones I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool thing if people like Call of Cthulhu, our mm-hmm. RPG listeners out there. Right. There's a thing. Um, it goes for 17 more days where mm-hmm. you can get like these just absolutely gorgeous um, leather. Uh, campaign journals for all your stuff. It's really, really just cool and gorgeous oh, wow. looking, looking with like right now. It's maps. Good. It's mm-hmm. it's really beautiful and that's doing pretty good. Um, yeah, just to really enhance that gaming experience. I mean, the whole thing with RPGs is to really get into your character, well, you get, get into the zone. And, and you get to write notes. And, and, yeah. and Paul's our note taker. And so when we tried to divide up the treasure, he had no idea, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Paul, I got something for you. Yeah. To keep track of that. Okay. I developed it. Maybe I should kickstart it. You, you should. should. But it comes just like a journal and the booklet and the pens and dice all in a nice like leather pouch. It's really, really cool looking. And what is it called? It's called... uh, Call of Cthulhu Leather Campaign Journal. So check it out on Kickstarter. Very cool. So So should we go to our review? I think we should do that. So let, let us check out that review right about now. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show.
welcome to another Tabletop Game Review by us. I'm Kelly, and this is Doug, and today Hello. we're doing Palace of Mad King Ludwig. Oh, it's so nice. Nice and pretty. But we've got all these swans, too, so we'll get into that. Also known as Swans of Mad King Ludwig. Yes. So this was designed by Ted Auspatch. He's done other games like Suburbia and Subdivision. Okay. Kind of the somewhat sequel to... Uh, suburbia and also castles of Mad King Ludwig. Well, I, of course, yeah, there's that one, which this is kind of the spiritual successor to. Yeah, it takes a lot from that game. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely a lot from that game. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still for two to four players, uh, and it's a, a little bit longer of a game. It's about 75 minutes as opposed to the half hour mark, uh, and it's about 60 bucks. Yeah, uh, it's got artwork from Olin Tim, Stephanie Gustafson. And Jason Bowles, they've done artwork on many other uh, Bezier games, uh, games like there's New York Slice, Colony, yeah. uh, Ultimate Werewolf, and other werewolf games. So it's got great artwork on all of the... Right, it's extremely detailed. Yeah. There's chairs in half these hallways, and it's mm -hmm. great. We'll have a, a close-up of the box art uh, later after this, just so you can see, because it is amazing. Yeah. Other than that, we're going to hop down uh, to our game that we've got set up and then show you an overview of what it takes to play. Cool. All right. So, as, like you can see, great promised, box art. Here is the box art. It is so nice. It's insanely detailed. Yeah. But Thanks. as we move it away, we've got the board. So, we've got a few things to look at here. We've already kind of set up the basics. Let me see. Right now it's all organized. Yes. Everything is nice and neat and in its place, and it doesn't look that bad. But if you were to play a full game, I promise you all of this here will end about here. Oh, yes. Now, one thing we didn't do is we didn't draw secret objectives for ourselves. So for we've ourselves. drawn four public ones that are just kind of like uh, in castles. You Have got the, the most, most sleep rooms. Yeah. Or the least... Hallways. That's the hallway symbol. As I try and put it on camera that you can see it. Practice. Yeah. We get one of these, right? We get one of these. Right. So we, we have three to choose from. Uh, we're going to get one of these. And these are going to be secret, and so only I would know it. Uh, and then we look at our player boards, and it's actually going to go in one of these six spots. Now, these six spots also correspond to in-game abilities, uh, such as having a swan discount, which there's two of here. Uh, being able to move moat tiles once they're already in play. Uh, just before the game ends, you get three swans of your choice of color. Uh, you can win ties or just get ten victory points. Now, when I pick one of these, I'm going to lock it off so I can't have it at all. Oh, yours just turned sad. And so now I can never get this bonus. I've given up having a swan discount. And Doug has given up getting a free 10 points. Now, throughout the game, we're going to complete various different rooms. Uh, things like the... There we go. Uh, the food rooms will give us more of these uh, that we can put up here with a max of six. Uh, and then sleep rooms will give us uh, in-game bonuses, and they'll get placed like this. Uh, once again, with a max of six. Mix and match, once it's already chosen, it's, lo it's locked as that bonus. Uh, so I get a swan discount here, but I'm not going to get one here. If I complete a sleep room. 
So how do we play the game, Kelly? <laughs> I'm going to slide this out of the way so we can kind of focus on one player's board. Unfortunately, because this happens at the beginning of the game, you have to convince people how this works before you can actually teach them how to play the game. Otherwise, you'll just tell them to put it here at their beginning game and to ignore it the rest of the time, and they'll not vaguely understand what they were doing. So moving these, I chose this one. Not that we're playing a game, but I chose this one. We are playing a game. Oh, we're going to play a game? We're going to play this game, right. yeah. So there is a cheater marker here uh, for the turn order of how things get played. Uh, so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to place a room in the palace. Now, there's three different types of rooms that you can place. Uh, you can place one of these rooms here, uh, and these two are free. These two cost one swan, and these two cost two swans, hence the swan discount. Uh, hallways are free, and you can always place a hallway, or you can place a stairway. Uh, there are some restrictions to this. Uh, you can't put any stairs going up immediately. This, no, you can't place any stairs going down immediately to another set of stairs going down. So you can't go downstairs and immediately back downstairs, upstairs. But you can go upstairs and immediately back downstairs. Yes, and the reason for that is stairs, when they're completed, as we'll get to later, are worth points for each downstairs room. So... Having stairs go down and then back up defeats the purpose of having that bonus. Yeah. So that's kind of why there's that restriction. It makes the stairs worth nothing. Uh, now you can put, like this one doesn't have any doors here, and you can't, if this was a legal move, you can block off doors so long as your doors have at least one legal move. Uh, you can not, uh, you must leave at least one open hallway Upstairs, one open door, upstairs, at all times, up until you can't, uh, such as the moat closes in or whatever. So you must always be able to build upstairs. Um, yeah, so one thing you didn't say when placing hallways or stairs is that you'll discard one of the face-up rooms, also paying swan costs if there are any. That kind of, so whenever you place a hallway, it's still... Uh, goes towards the end of the game, speeds up yes. towards the end of the game, just like any, placing any normal room. So speaking of end of game, and we've gotten there, so as these get used and built out here, uh, we're going to go through these stacks of things. Uh, now as we go through, uh, as soon as we empty this stack, I'll just put this over here, uh, we start placing moats every time somebody completes a room. Uh, and that'll actually get quicker as we go on. So now we're going to place two moats every time, uh, and then we're going to place four moats every time, uh, every time a room is completed for every room completed that turn. So it's not just, oh, there was a room completed, I'm going to place four tiles. No, I completed three rooms this turn by putting in a corner piece. We're going to put out 12 moat tiles. And that could, has, that could cause the moat to complete, which ends the game. Or if all six, all five stacks uh, empty is the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, I, haven't, I have yet to see that. Uh, I haven't seen any there. So I on your turn, you're going to choose a room. I want to build this throne room. Going to build a throne room? And it's going to go... Do I want to build this throne room? Yeah, it's going to go right here on the end. Okay. Doing that, I place one of my markers uh, as a living room, as the type of room, onto my player board. I also place one of my own control markers on it. To show that that's my room. I built that. Uh, and then he's going to get a swan of the matched color. So I take a blue swan from the... Yeah. 
So swans are currency swans. and end of game value. Uh, they are worth uh, for sets. A single swan of any color is worth only one at end of game, but having all five is worth ten at end of game. Uh, however, as we pointed out earlier, they are actually currency. Uh, you have to spend them to buy these new room tiles. Uh, or you can spend them to get a freebie... Uh, power or, or bonus card. Power or bonus card. That's yep. Power works. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Doug, you get a blue swan. I grab my blue swan. It is over here. Okay. Right. Uh, and then... I would collect my rewards words. if I completed this room, which place it is moats. not completed. And which we don't have any modes to place, and then we slide everything down. And a new one comes down straight to here. Now you're restricted. There's a downstairs room right here. There's uh, the night room that requires you to be downstairs in order to place it. Um, but there's that's pretty much it to the game. You play until the moat around all of the building is collected or is completed, and then uh, you do final scoring. Now there's a few rooms. Uh, most of the utility rooms that when you complete them, they give you end of game bonuses. And we have one right here, it's the washroom. It'll give you uh, three points for every living room. That's what it is. I The fireside I, rooms. I, I like to call them what rooms they are because it, it makes me feel good. Uh, so, <laughs> As opposed to loot rooms? Yeah. These the aren't loot, loot rooms, rooms, but we call them loot rooms. They're uh, activity rooms. Activity rooms. Yeah, so flip over a new room tile. Okay, I, so I placed a stairway here while Doug was talking, uh, and I claimed it as mine. I'm going to spend this blue swan to build this washroom because I have I already have a living room out there, and so if I go for more living rooms... It's worth at least three. It's worth at least three, so I place one of my markers on the board. So thing to notice is all of these uh, utility rooms always only have one entrance. Uh, downstairs room always only have two entrances. Uh, fireside rooms, living rooms, always have four entrances. Now this uh, makes sense a little bit, at least with the the living rooms, because their bonus is whenever you complete that room, you gain the matching swans again for that room. So if we kind of go through things a bit. I don't know why that got discarded. No one played something. I did. I played a stairs. That's right. I played stairs. Okay. So I discarded it. If we had rooms completely around this one, and it's completed, obviously, I would gain a blue swan for each matching one around the room. I flipped those over. It doesn't matter. So there's lots of things that you could look ahead towards, so we'll we'll slide these down. I need to probably get some swans so I can buy some more expensive ones. And I think... Take your turn. So each room does have a completion bonus. Uh, As Doug was talking about, uh, the utility rooms have an end-of-game bonus. So they're on this side of your card, uh, as opposed to... Jeez, these ones have an immediate uh, reward for completing the room. These are end-of-game once the... They're worth points at end-of-game for the completed rooms. Uh, So we have fireside rooms. You immediately collect swans for each matching door... Uh, that is matching. So you get swans when you put them down, and then you immediately get swans when it's completed. Now this one here I placed here, it's got a a wild swan on it, and so it matched with my blue swan. And the way that this works is if you match on a room that is already yours, you only get one swan. 
I don't think we went over that. So say if you... If you matched with me, we would both get a swan. We would both get a swan, yes. I don't have any swans to buy this room here. That makes me sad. Yeah. Mm, let's build this one. All right, we're going to build an orchestral room here. All right. And get a purple swan. I did not place for placing my activity room. Now, there's also other bonuses here on the board. If you complete one... I'm pointing at the wrong board. If you complete one of every type of room, you'll get 10 points at the end of the game. If you complete two of every room, you'll get an additional 20 and three of every room gets you an additional 30. So that's 60 points you can get for building. How many rooms is for that? For being diverse. That's 24 rooms you can build. That's about average. Uh, also, if you build five fireside rooms, you get 10 points. So if you build five of any particular room, you get 10 points uh, just for doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, we already talked about food rooms giving you more uh, end-of-game bonuses uh, and sleep rooms giving you more... In-game bonuses, in-game in powers. In-game powers, yeah. Is it my turn? It's your turn. It's my turn. Uh, <laughs> hallways immediately give you two swans of the designated color. So this one would give you two red swans. This one gives you two red swans. But since no one owns these starting hallways, you don't get no anything for completing them. them. Yeah. But if you do build your own, you would get that bonus. Uh, downstairs rooms give you secret swans once they're completed. Uh, and secret swans, we don't know what they are. Uh, they could be any of these colors. There's three of each. Uh, and they are kept secret I, all game long. And you can choose to sell them if you want, and they spend just like normal swans, but at end of game, they could help towards this, or even this if there were swans up here. I built another activity room. You built another activity room? Only because it matches my throne room there. Only because it matches? And I got my... No, I need to get a blue swan. <laughs> right. I want to build this library and get double purple swans. Yeah, that's fine. So she matched this already existing hallway, which which works in her favor. I have a lot of purple swans. That was unintentional. These slide. But yeah, that's pretty much the game. Yeah. You play until the moat's completed or all the tiles have been dealt out from the stack. Like we said, um, you have to leave an open doorway upstairs at all times when placing moats, unless you complete the moat. Um, yeah. It is my turn. Unless the mode is completed. Also, uh, I'm just going to build out into the castle as an example of doing things. That cloakroom can't do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How's it I was that? just getting to be an example. Let's put that there. That's a Let's put that right there. So when... Who cares if I'm not matching? <laughs> See, well, uh, oh, move on. when when we start placing moats, yeah, I would have to start a moat there. Now, when I place another moat, it has to go orthogonal to this, also touching another room if possible. So, Which is the opposite of diagonal, in case anybody didn't know that that's what orthogonal meant. Yeah, it has to touch a side. Now, from here, I have to fill in this spot if I have to place more moats. Yeah. Uh, someone can on another turn build here still. That way, I wouldn't have to put a moat here, but the next time someone has to place a moat, it would go here, or it could go here, here. and to fill in the spot. You have to work towards doing that uh, when you're placing moats. And that's when... As we slide it on into view. Can't see. This ability here becomes very useful. So this got blocked in, 
uh, by myself, I guess. Uh, but I can, at any time on my turn, if I had this ability, move up to two moat tiles anywhere I want them to go, and then build. Now, I can't connect an upstairs with a downstairs, but I can block off the upstairs because there is an open space upstairs still and continue building downstairs. And then I get a secret song for completing it and fun stuff. Yeah. So and we that's will, how you play. Yeah. Very simple, but a lot, a lot of things to look out for. Use the checklist. Yes. If you're... If a lot of things are happening, just go through the, the turn order thing and how that's done. It's very simple. So we'll be right back with our pros and cons. We are back. So Thanks, Doug. That was a pretty good intro yeah. to give people an idea of what the game is like. Now, pros and cons. What did you like about the game? What didn't you like about the game? Uh, so I absolutely love uh, the player board and the options that you get... Uh, for in-game bonuses or end-of-game advantages. Uh, so you can get a discount on your swan, or you could get a bonus tile. A bonus tile, which will give you end-of-game victory points, mm -hmm. which is nice uh, that you have to make that choice about whether or not you're going to get those two things, and it, it definitely changes how I play the game. And you have to make sure not to get two contradicting ones. Uh, well, that in itself is... It's very hard to to forget it, but yeah, it's not that detrimental. Yeah, you can look at it any time. Yeah, you can look at them any time, so it's not that bad. I guess the, the one thing for me was that they changed the symbol. They added a symbol, and they changed the symbol for stairs, and hallways are no longer the same symbol. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. it confused me because I thought one of mine was actually uh, have the most hallways, and the other one was have the fewest stairs, and they were both the same thing. They were both the same thing, yeah. So we're supposed to have the most and the fewest stairs. Cause they that wasn't too big of a deal. I think you still won that game. Yeah. I think it was the same game my mom ended up with both the most and the fewest purple swans. Purple swans, yeah. I remember that. Uh, with the bonus tiles, there is a little bit of that analysis paralysis. There is the four public ones that we have here, but there's also yeah. the secret ones that you have that you're looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing, trying to figure out what you should do on your turn with the available rooms and all that, just to kind of maximize the points that you'll get. Or downtime. Just like yeah. in almost any other game. Mm -hmm. But this one is definitely... Oh, they built that, man? Yeah, there's all of the analysis to see what people do, how it affects you later in the game, things like that. So it's not too detrimental to the, to the gameplay. Uh, yeah. I still like the game. It is a great game. What is your least favorite thing other than the analysis paralysis? This box. I'm going to show you the box. <laughs> this this is all it is. You get bags. You get bags. Tons and tons of bags. You have all of these really nice tiles and just bags to put them in. I would have liked something else to kind of An insert or something there. to put the tiles in, like in Carcassonne or something. Just mm -hmm. something. Something. In Carcassonne just has cardboard on the sides. Yeah, but there's a divider in the middle. So that you can line up your tiles on either side, and that's how Carcassonne runs. Another insert, tile insert. game I uh, just picked up was Quadropolis, and that's played over a different number of rounds, and each round has certain tiles that are numbered, and there's inserts for them. I would just really enjoy inserts for all of the tiles. I know there would be a lot, but it's something that would make the game easier to kind of set up and get into it uh, just a lot faster. 
There are also all these songs. <laughs> I'm sorry. So there's lots of pieces to lose. It's a small thing, but we ended up, for this, we dumped out all the swans just to kind of show you how many there were. But we hardly take, like, half of them out of the bag, so. Yeah, I, even in the four-player game, we never went through more than half the swans. So I do like that this is very much uh, a new take on the castles of yeah, Mackinac. Yeah, it, it definitely changes it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about choices on the board, that they're different from, they're different from castles because castles have those bonus cards that you can pick for completing yeah. a room and these you get uh bonus tiles for completing a room or you can get uh powers as you say for completing other types of rooms so there's there's those differences from castles that kind of sets it apart from that i, I like the fact that it still has the feel however you are working it's semi-cooperative like it's pseudo cooperative mm -hmm. you think you're all working together to build this castle but in reality you're not at all and it can come across very easily like I'm gonna help you by getting you swans you're gonna help me by getting me swans but I'm then gonna fill in your thing with emotes so you can't ever complete your room yeah that's, that, that's another thing is you can you can complete other people's rooms for them and then doing so put boats onto the board that kind of mess up other places on the oh, board yeah. for them that they're wanting to get that sweet bonus from so things like that also pickles yes pickles you saw the feathers. I the played this feathers. at Origins uh, last year. Sounds about right. Yeah, that, that's about right, yeah. Uh, from a distance, the feathers look like pickles. That is, like, the only thing I have bad to say about it. From close up, they look like pickles. Yeah, they do look like pickles, so. Oh, well, it's not too big of a deal. But everything else is nice. The components are really nice. Yeah. Nice quality. It's all decent cardboard. All that stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Other than that, thanks for tuning in to our yep. second video review. Yeah, I had to think. Yeah, number two. We've got a few more in the pipeline to uh, get done. But if you guys have any requests, you want us to review something, shoot us an email at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. Yeah. And we're on Twitter. Steve is on Twitter. He will check that. Uh, at geeksofcascadia. I believe that's what it is. Or compliment us, talk to us, let us know you're listening, whatever. Yep. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw.club. Vernon and Wells, Imperium in Imperio. Now to our show. That was a pretty awesome review of the Palace of the Mad King Ludwig. That's how I think mm -hmm. I should tell all the time. Yeah, Mad King Ludwig. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's really cool. And if you heard earlier in the podcast, I corrected Steve, which was my wrong because I didn't know that there was any other so version wrong, of this. Out. Correct me. <laughs> always wrong. <laughs> always wrong. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like it has uh, my understanding a lot of the characteristics of just castles of. Uh, the Mad King Ludwig. So that's awesome. And then they always do a great job on our reviews. Oh, they always. Always do. Always do. Um, and there'll be more reviews obviously coming, and hopefully we'll have it every week. We'll have one. Doug and Cody are great. They are. Great. Yeah, they are really, really good. So, uh, what else do we got next? We went to, as we talked, to Metro Seattle Gamers, talked to Scott McConaughey. Yes. About Metro Conaghy, Seattle Gamers. P, and I think P. it's, you know, it's something that I want to do more of is check out these different. Uh, 
like tabletop gaming clubs yeah, yeah. and get-togethers, and then we just haven't had had the time to do it. Yes. So, but this is a rather large one, and uh, it's kind of tied to Dragonflight. But you'll learn more. Yep. And if you're in the Seattle area, you should check them out. So let's go check them out right now. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey guys, we are here at Metro Seattle Gamers, and we're talking to Scott McConaughey. McConaughey, I'm sorry. (laughs) I messed it up. Uh, He's the GM of Metro Seattle Gamers. How's it going, Scott? Good, thank you. Good. It's a fun little place you got here. I like it. Thank you. We just moved in here last June. It's a step up in terms of quality for our space. Cool. You know, we talked to Mark uh, just a little while ago with, on the Dragonflight side of things, and he said that uh, the organization has been around for about 39 years. Is that correct? Uh, Dragonflight dates to the early 1980s. Metro Seattle Gamers started in 1990, so the convention predates the club. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. Cool. And so... Tell us about the club and how how it came about. Um, Metro Seattle Gamers is an outgrowth of the former University of Washington Gaming Club. Okay. And what happened was back in the 1980s, the UW Gaming Club was started in 79. And uh, back in the 80s, we were students at the UW. And the... Um, we used to meet in the hub, typically. Okay. And in the early years, we provided a lot of the events and organizing staff for the Dragonfly conventions. So uh, what happened was on the UW campus was, A, we were starting to graduate, basically. <laughs> and the other part of it was, was that it was becoming increasingly expensive for a gaming club, a campus gaming club, to meet in the central facilities on the UW campus. They were wanting more and more money. At one point, mm-hmm. they said to us, well, we want $150 a day, and we'd like you to pay for someone at minimum wage to collect the tickets so we can guarantee the admission taxes. Oh, wow. Wow. So okay. at that point, we said, well, we could rent a place for that space. Right. So, And this was after you had graduated. Yeah, this is, this is around the time some of us were graduating. Some of us had already graduated. And so, kind of like your parents saying, get out of the basement. Yeah, that's, a little bit. That's basically yeah. what's going bit. on. It's a little bit, yeah. And um, um, I, I think, the, and so we... So uh, we first moved to our, uh, we got our first location in Ballard on Market Street, and we were there until t- from 1990 to 2007, and um, and then we were at uh, Interbay at, uh, near the Armory, as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, uh, for uh, 2007 until last year, for about 10 years, and now we're here at the Nickerson Marina building. All right, and Very so cool. what um, what goes on? How do you, what's the how do you get in here and everything? Well. Um, Maybe I should talk a little bit about what MSG is about and why we exist. Sure. Um, Part of it's circumstance. And the circumstances were um, gaming was a lot different a long time ago. Uh And there weren't a lot of gaming stores that offered places to play games. That was part of it. And the other part of it was is is that... um, uh, And campus was a natural place to gravitate. Uh So um, what happened is... um, Basically, the club exists because I'm going to borrow something from Marshall McLuhan. The medium is the massage. The format and the environment in which games are played influences what games people choose to play uh-huh. and how they play them as well. 
And Metro Seattle Gamers exists basically to get rid of as many constraints as possible on tabletop play. So we offer more time, more space, more privacy. Um, basically, um, what we offer is control over the some a degree of control. And our members mm-hmm. vote people in. I'm an elected officer. Yeah. And um, and so we have some members here, for example, who have keys who can have 24/7 access to the space. And so. Um, it, it's it's for those people who want those things, want want those types of amenities. So, um, more time, space, privacy, or just a sense of control over over what they're doing, mm-hmm. over the environment, without dealing with someone else's agenda. So, um, and you know, it's not for everybody. Only some people want to do that, and but it also enables the play of games that might not get played at all. Or it helps some types of games to get played that only get played rarely. So Mm -hmm. um, it it serves um, a a variety of things. And the market has adapted over time. We see a lot of, you know, gaming, as you all know, has exploded. Yeah. And and it's it's dramatically dramatically new. And a lot of that has been the gaming industry, the publishers and the retailers adapting to the economic realities of of the venues that people need to have to play games, actually. So we see a lot of shorter-term games. We mm-hmm. see we see a, a lot of games that keep people going in the same game without being knocked out, things like that. And that's great. But it's not everything. It's not all mm-hmm. the dimensions of gaming. And so um, our people like to explore the games in depth. And um, so we have probably a slightly different mix of games, but we play pretty much everything as well. So we play the Euro, we play Euro games, we mm-hmm. play cool. we, we play role playing games, we play tabletop war games, um, some miniatures. I'd like to see more miniatures, to be honest. Um, and um, that's sort of what we're about. So it's kind of a great opportunity for someone who's completely new. Maybe they they, they showed up Seattle, and I know how it is. You know, you go to you move, I was in the military, and you're trying to find other people who are, are gamers. Because there's not a lot. Uh-huh. It's a small percentage. <clears throat> and it takes time to develop a core group of people. Um, like, for, for example, right now, Paul uh, and and we got a few other people. We have D&D night, right? Uh, but that, mm-hmm. that took yeah. a while because we, we figured out we're all gamers. We, we just realized Paul's actually a gamer. <laughs> uh, and he's having a great time playing right, the edition yeah. D D. So I could see if you're new yeah. coming to Seattle, uh, call you guys up, right? That's true. And the privacy for especially for me for like role playing games, like it helps me be role play more and better and take more chances and, and um be a little, a little bit maybe, maybe crazier because we're in the back room mm-hmm. at a game store, so we're almost always alone. It's just our little group. So I really appreciate your, your coziness here with, mm-hmm. with, with even this room where you're, you're free to do what you, what you want and need to do to play your game. Yes, yes. In fact, one of the role playing groups that comes in here, sort of, they just reorient the tables. They take over the place. The guy puts a big monitor, puts a table to put the monitor on. He has another table where he puts the game space on for the interaction cool. of the characters. Oh, wow. okay. And he, you know, he does a big spiel. With wow. And so. You know, the things like that that he can do. But going back to your point about, um, again, it's, it's um, going back to what I was saying, the medium is a massage, and I hate to plagiarize, but it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable one in this case. Um, and that is because of the way we're organized, because we are people, in some cases, really eager to look for opponents to play games, mm-hmm. someone coming in the door here is probably going to feel a little more 
introduced and, and welcomed to the group than someone just walking into a place where they were. It's not that you can't do it in these other venues. It's yeah. just that the incentives of the parties involved at the moment that you're walking in are a little bit different. And yeah, right. so, you know, it's great that we have all these venues in this city right now. It's wonderful. And, um, you yeah. know, if, if they solved everybody's problems, I'd be there, too. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> you, you think, uh, you know, when I grew up with uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and playing Axis and Allies in the in the early 80s and late 70s, it's like, there was, no, I, was, I, was too, I was too young to go drinking over, mm-hmm. but who would have thought that, now you have places like you know around the table yep. and mocks, so where you can actually order a beer yep, yep. Uh, out in the open to public and play a board game, mm-hmm. play Magic: The Gathering, role play, and you're not judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's great that you have an organization right here that can kind of do the same thing. You have your own little area. Yeah. You know, we have games, and one of the, one of the abilities that we have here is to store a game in progress. So we have, you may have noticed as you came in all those shelving on the left side. That's very cool. If you look at that, those are all, we've got like 37 shelves for storing games in progress. And so you can set up and organize to play games that um, are logistically somewhat difficult to do, maybe in your home. For example, I have a cat. So so you can leave, you know, so we we have a system where you can bring out the games, the different boards in the games, and we have played... We play some very big games here. We have a game that would have filled that outside room there um, wow. that we played. And uh, we play them four months at a time sometimes. So oh, that's uh, excellent because I, I know that if I wanted to play, you know, Axis and Allies can sometimes take hours and exactly. hours. Exactly. And the last thing my wife wants to see is a board game on the table. <laughs> they go, oh, hey, hon, if you don't mind, or we're, it's next week. Yeah. We're going to finish this yeah. off. She's not going to like uh, that. That's right. So that's good you can do that here. Yeah. So there's different levels, as I understand it, uh, of membership here, or how, yes. how does that work? Um, we recognize that people have different valuations for the venue in which they play games. And we did some research on it a number of years back, and what we noticed was is that there were some people who valued it at a particular price and other people who really wanted to have this and valued it at a different price. So the issue was, how can we do that? And the other thing we discovered is there aren't a lot of us around who want something like this mm-hmm. in terms of percentage of everybody. So we need to have everybody who was yeah. interested to participate. Yeah. Right. So we came up with a two-tier plan for the price, okay. basically. And so for $35, you can come in anytime the club is open. Uh, you can have one guest with you a month. And then we also have a key membership, which gives you keys, 24-7 access mm-hmm. to the club. And um, also gives you the ability to bring in up to five guests a month. So you could have a once a month gaming group come in and right. still have the full flexibility of uh, having personal access to the club whenever you want to do it. So, so, so And how much is that? That's like 65. 65. So yeah. if I wanted to, so for example, Paul and our group, when we, when we, we could have D&D night on, obviously we'd have to schedule through you, I imagine, go, okay, we want to do it Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. And here's my $65 a month, right? Mm-hmm. And then I could, we could do that. We could set that up. You right could here. set that up, yes. We also have group memberships that go up from there so that you can do continuous multi-weekly sorts of things. So okay. group memberships start at three, and they go up to a group of seven. Oh, and, okay. and the rates go down quite dramatically per person. Now, if I wanted to you know, get a pizza brand in here or uh, you know, pizza and beer, I can do that here? Or? Beer, no. No? Okay. Um, that's a licensing issue with the state. Okay. Um, um, but uh, we can do, you can do everything else that you just talked okay. about. And we also sell snacks here, drinks, drinks, and uh, we sell mini pizzas here as well. Excellent. 
Now, clearly, this is not your only job. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you do on the real world? Um, well, actually, I'm right now in between jobs right now, mm. so I'm going to be looking to see. I'm looking at maybe doing some tech support work someplace. Oh, cool. cool. Well, it takes a lot of time and effort, I've noticed, to kind of run these organizations, especially the convention itself. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming that's kind of your, your biggest um, revenue source is the convention, so you can keep things going and then keep the community going. And I, I really like the fact that, um, you know, Mark was telling me how the whole kind of the mission is to, you know, help the tabletop gaming community and help it grow. Yes. So that that's wonderful that you guys do that. Yes. Well, we... We look at that in the, in the context of Dragonflight MSG exists to provide that a little extra service that enables the types of games mm-hmm. to happen again to enable games to be played that might not we might not see. Right. And um, awesome. That's that's what we're about. Now, if people want to get more information, um, what's uh, the website? The website is metroseattlegamers.org. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And there's information there about. Well, pretty much the different groups of gaming. You can see the schedule on it. Um, there's a, 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 a stay in touch page where you can sign up onto the email okay. list and, and stay subscribed. Mm-hmm. Cool. We also have a Facebook page and a Facebook group okay. under, under our name as well. Very cool. And then you can find us also through the Dragonflight website as yeah. well. Right. And how many uh, people do you have so far? We have about 53 members right wow. now. Wow, oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. It's been, it's been growing. It's been growing. It's okay. not rapid growth, but it's been slow, steady growth for. Did you lose some with the move, or um... not really? No, oh, wow. no. Okay. no. I was concerned about that, and um, made the strategic decision not to move very far. And yeah. I think that helped us keep keep our membership. And there's there. parking. And there's parking. <laughs> well, that's actually a difficult criteria for our club, and mm-hmm. and it is because we are looking. We have people coming to the club all the way. We've had people come to the club regularly from as far away as Everett and Enumclaw. Wow, and they're, they're they are commuting, and so we have we have a lot of people who are coming in from the suburbs actually because they work in Seattle or something like that. Right. And when you're way out in the suburbs, there aren't very many places to play games, and so they're they're choosing to play in Seattle before they go home. Yeah. So um, parking is essential for us. We we have to have right. the ability to offer people um, the ability to come in when they need to come yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, and that's. As people probably know who live in Seattle, it's difficult to find. <laughs> yes. It's rare to, yes. Yes. to get parking. <laughs> it's getting yes. rarer. Yes, yes. And so that's that's one of the challenges we had in the last in the last move. We'll see. You know, mm-hmm. it's possible we might end up looking at a situation where we either have enough people that we can adapt to using the public transportation systems, or we move a little further out from urban Seattle and get towards the edge of the city or into the suburbs. I don't know yet. But that's years away. We're right. here. We're going to be here right. for quite a while. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for letting us come here yeah. and interview you. And, you're welcome. And obviously to the, the listeners and viewers out there, if you're in the Seattle area, come check them out. It, uh, you know, if you, you, you need a gaming club, these guys <laughs> are willing to play games, yeah. right? Yes. Role-playing, miniatures, you, you heard it all. That's, that's right. the place to do it. And, it. and we just saw their library. It was uh, pretty Lots large. of games. Yeah, lots yeah, of games. Yeah, we have lots of games in the library. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you. Boy, it was great going down to Metro Seattle Gamers and talking to Scott. I had a great time. I really want to hang out there. The way they store the games that are are um, still in session. Mm -hmm. Some games they've been playing for years. It's very, very cool. And I didn't freak out when I drove down there. 
I normally freak out when I drive in a big city like Yeah, that. you were a little tense about driving in the city. I was. Country boy. And there was plenty of parking space. <laughs> There's lots of parking. It's great. It's yeah. free. What a great place. Yeah. So my hat's off to those guys. And, of course, I think next week we'll do a interview for the Dragonflight side uh-huh. of Seattle. No, Seattle Metro Gamers. Metro Seattle Metro Gamers. Metro Seattle Gamers. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Yes. I would edit that, but that, I'm not yeah, going not to because that would no. take time. Yeah. So, guys... Uh, I think it's a pretty good podcast overall. Right? Yeah. Uh, Any parting words or anything like that? I would that? just say, again, remember, you know, we um, are the official podcasters for mm-hmm. OrcaCon. And so, again, registration is open. Um, prices will mm-hmm. go up later on. So you want to get those and also reserve those rooms. Please um, again, rooms. that is at the Bellevue Hilton. And the convention is January 11th through 13th. And, Yeah. We're gonna rock it. This will be our fourth yeah. year. Yeah. And don't forget, if you want to, st- if you want to do an interview with us, if you're a game designer or developer, mm-hmm. yeah. or maybe you design tables, I don't know. Give us, give us, <laughs> don't give us a call because our phone numbers are nowhere on the Facebook exactly. page. Or, uh, but email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. Also, you can hit us on Twitter, same name, Geeks of Cascadia. Yep. Also, game reviews. If you want us to do a game review, we can do that. Yep. Well, actually, not us. We just. Have Doug and Kelly do it. Yes. Well, they're better at it. That's right. They're, they are way better. <laughs> they're professionals. So looking forward, um, I think we we talked about a little bit about this, but we try to do Storm King's Thunder review. We're going to try to do a review of Morden Caden's Tome of Foes, which is coming out May 18th, the actual uh, book. But you can only get it at your game store, and we support our game stores. We right do. Here. Yeah. We each have our own favorite yeah. game store. And that we mine go to. is right here around the table That's in right. Washington. So thank they you, have beer. They do have beer. So thank you. Where's yours? Yours is in Mill Creek, right? My local game store? Your local game store. It's so hard because, I mean, what defines local? Does it have to be your city? Pretty much where you live, I think. Well, this right? is my nearest well, game store. I mean, I live in Mill Creek store. now, so <laughs> mm-hmm. there is no like games for Mill Creek. However, Magic Mirror Comics. Um, they do work with uh, Darren. I can't remember the name. G- GTS, and mm-hmm. so they do order games through there. Um, okay. That's my comic shop, my jam. But um, I honestly will usually come down to around the table, um, just because they have a really good selection. As much they as do. I as much as I love the mm-hmm. board game store, um, Zulu's Games and um, Bothell, those guys are great. Everybody mm-hmm. who works there is amazing. Um, but they're I mean they're a smaller store, mm-hmm. so they just don't have the uh, the quantity that I like to see. Well, I, I usually go to the Games Plus in Lake Stevens, and but every Monday night I come to around the table. And around the table, uh, it's great. Enjoy some uh, games and RPGs. And so, Tim, the nicest guy. I mean, it's, he is the nicest guy. He takes care of you. You feel Gwen like is fantastic. Oh, Gwen right. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, guys, do we have anything else? I'm good. So I mm-hmm. think I'll go off with my my sign off. So embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving. Cascadia podcast. And I hope you make that saving throw. Got it. I do.